0: Now that you've seen him on the field, what is the Chris Jones effect and how does it ripple out from here? What happens on the offense to try to keep up with him today on Locked on Chiefs?
1: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
0: Welcome back, friends and neighbors. Nice to see you around Chiefs Kingdom and around the world. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football, with my master guest every Wednesday, Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, our man on the beat. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out the next Locked On Show for your next one because there's information all over this, including those Chicago Bears that are coming up. And we're going to talk about later in the show. We're free on every publication you can find, whether it's here on YouTube where you can like, sub, and hit the bell, or on the audio platforms like Spotify and Apple. All the good stuff. You can get them for free five days a week because that's where we're here for you every single day. You every dayers know that. And you can get a little bit more information and breaking news on our text line at 816-357-8781. We're going to cover a lot. What what are they going to do about the Bears? That's coming up later in the show. Where does this offense need to get to so they can keep up with this Chris Jones now-led defense? And Matt, just a couple of days removed from this ball game, I'm feeling more and more like, wow, that, that really did amp up the performance. But this was a pretty good defense in its base. What's the ceiling now for you looking at this defensive unit in Kansas City?
1: Well, I mean, this defense talked all during the the preseason and the training camp and even go back to the offseason about goals of being a top 10 defense. And I think you're now seeing that that's a legitimate goal. I mean, if we had any questions about whether or not that was something that this defense could achieve, I think we're seeing that that's, that's a distinct possibility. Um, I think it's certainly showing more depth than maybe we thought in a couple of places. Uh, because remember, I mean, now they've gone through two games and you've only had Chris Jones out there for roughly 25% of your snaps um you've missed nick bolton for a little bit of this game against the jaguars and didn't miss a beat that was that was a good thing to for this defense to see um the cornerbacks that maybe you had some questions about because that there were some questionable performances in the preseason and the training camp have been very solid to this point um there's a lot to like so what's the ceiling i mean can this be better than the top 10 defense can it be top five top three um i mean we'll see i mean I, I at this point you know this i don't think there's any doubt i mean that this defense is ahead of where most critics thought it could be are they where steve spagnolo thinks they could be i mean i think i think steve will probably say hey he's proud of his guys and he always thought that they had this in them but i think he's i think they're going to be ahead of even his expectations <laughs> through the first two weeks so i mean i i think there's realistically there's a pretty high ceiling where this defense can go as long as you know they stay reasonably healthy i I feel like that too. and I, I just want to point
0: out that it, it is dependent like we talked about the linebackers post game and, and what an improvement they've made, right? And as a unit, what that second level is and we talk we always talk about the young DBs as a group. but it's this front four that gets the Chris Jones effect I think first and, and we feel it the most there. Got 24 pressures against the Jaguars. That's a step up that I think you can be proud of no matter who it is, but it's kind of coming from all over. And it feels to me like what was good just got a little bit of a boost. If you agree with that, who stands out to you the most that can help lead this to the next evolution once they get a menu back and, and on down the line for this season?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, is that I think there's potential everywhere because – you know, we'll see how teams defend this defense going forward a little bit. I mean, there will be, be making some adjustments, and obviously Chris Jones will continue to get more and more attention. And if that's the case, and teams do key on Chris more and more, then clearly you need guys like Karloftis and Dana to step up. I mean, they absolutely on the edges need to be able to to show that they can be consistent pass rushing threats. And I think you're seeing that. I mean, I think you're seeing both those guys. This is a, a key development year for both those players. I mean, with Mike, it's a it's a contract year. So you normally expect a player's best performance in that in that season. And for Karloftis, it's year two. I mean, and that's where you're expecting the big leap. And, you know, so, I mean through two games i mean i think mike dane has been everything that you could hope for he has had i thought a really strong performance through two games i mean i think he's on pace you know for double digit sacks i mean that's 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 impressive i mean that's and that would get him a big payday if he can get into that category uh and carlos i think has been fine too it's it's going to be the other guys outside i mean the the chiefs i don't think based on at least what we saw against jacksonville Aren't going to have to to do as many you know out of the box things as maybe they did against Detroit to get some pressure because against Detroit they did a lot of blitzing I mean forty percent of the time they were blitzing they weren't doing that as much against Trevor Lawrence I mean and that's a key reason because you got Chris Jones and so they can but I think that that's also a benefit of that they have shown that they can get after the quarterback multiple ways. So this is not a one-dimensional or a two-dimensional pass rush. They can come at you from a lot of different directions. And that is going to be key because when you're facing, uh, I'll say more elite quarterbacks because I'm one of those skeptics of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I I, I acknowledge he's a good quarterback. I just don't know he's great. Um, you're going to face better quarterbacks than Trevor Lawrence. And when you do, I mean, now you, you I think you've got multiple ways to go at them, and that's what you have to have. Well, and I think the evolution there is, is what
0: I'm focused on, too. When you when you take a step back, not just from the pressures that pro- they produced, but how they produced them and in what kind of frequency, uh, certainly there's some, some outliers here. You know, the DBs are going to get pressure on a higher percentage because of the situation that they're in, right? So Trent McDuffie uh, was second behind Chris Jones this week in win percentage because, you know, he only got blitzed a couple of times and he had a 28.6 win rate. Okay, that's great. But when you take a step back further from that, you expect – the edge rushers to be you know prevalent in there. Um, what I didn't expect is I saw two linebackers, one who was actually blitzing from behind the line of scrimmage in Nick Bolton. But the really intriguing one is that you had uh 40 snaps, 40 pass rush snaps from George Kurlofsky, 29 from Chris Jones. They produced five and six pressures uh respectively. Next comes Leo Chanel, who got four pressures on just eight pass rush snaps in that overhang position. They tried that with Willie Gay as well. Willie didn't do quite as well. Clearly, we know that Leo Chanel has a little bit of that in his bag. Is that the next evolution of just continuing to be able to rotate different guys at different positions?
1: Yeah. And, you know, and we've talked about Leo in that position before. I mean, I think we both have loved to see him in that spot and you can see why he's, he can be a success at that. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And that's that's the benefit to the way that that Steve Spagnuolo works with his coaches to develop blitzes because he can bring them from any direction. And I think that's that's one thing with this team in particular that compared to his defenses in the past where. I, I, th- I think that all 11 guys on the field for the most part can blitz at any particular time and do it effectively. Um, you know, it's not just a handful. It's not like just, just luxurious Sneed can blitz. Everybody can. And, you know, and that, I, I don't know if that was always the case. I mean, and, and you, now you got even guys like Chamari Connor coming in who, you know, show that kind of capability off the bench to come in and do it. Um, I, to me, I, 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 that's the where I think that the, the complexity of this defense is going to give some offenses problems. And I think, it's, I think it's a tougher riddle than it was last year even. I mean, it is just the, the, way, the different ways in which they can bring pressure and the different directions it can come from. Because last year, you weren't, you weren't seeing them use Leo in that kind of a role. But now that he's more comfortable and they're, they're comfortable in using him in those spots, you can take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I love the fact that uh, we can start a show – On this channel, we've been running seven years now, folks. It's rare that I get to talk defense first, given that this is the Mahomes era. But coming up after this, we're going to get to that offense. And what does that have to do to take the next leap? And if you want to take a leap as well, you certainly can do that. And in the fantasy world, you know that you got to do it in a smart way and right now we're pairing with ebay motors and our locked on fantasy football host vinnie iron to give you some of the best picks every week all season long no matter what your situation is whether you're in a good shape or you're scrambling for that waiver wire it's ebay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week and this week there happens to be a chief on that list from vinnie Iyer, And he's talking about second year running back isaiah pacheco who i think gave us a, a little bit of a burst there and while he hasn't delivered to fantasy managers as much as they're looking for yet They're going to roll him into the garage here for plenty of production on the ground this week by cleaning up against a Bears defense that Vinny Fields is overall uh, really, really suspect to allow him to take some chunks. He should break some off and be an excellent shot to score uh, and provide a punctuation mark on what might even become a blowout. Let's let's cross our fingers there. Uh, Vinny is going to set us up for all that fantasy championship, and you can use Pacheco to get there, and so will eBay Motors, because they know championship teams and how to put them together so that there's a perfect fit, same as your vehicle. They have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. It makes it run smoothly, whether it's brake kits or LEDs, the little things on the bumper or whatever you happen to need for your vehicle, eBay Motors has it. And with that guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride no matter what, every time, first time, or your money back. Plus, with these prices, you're not burning rubber. You're not burning cash. You're making sure that you get everything done with that guaranteed fit. So keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com, ebay.com slash motors. And I think you're going to dig it. I certainly do. It's guaranteed to fit only for US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions, unfortunately, do apply. But one exclusion that you can get to trying to take uh, Isaiah Pacheco there in your, your mock-up. And that's, that's a nice thing to hear because I don't – that's two times now I get to talk defense and then we get to talk running backs. Is that the next step for what has to happen for this offense? Give it a little bit more punch on the run game to kind of set up maybe long, longer play action or maybe the RPOs instead of the reverse of what we've seen – some slow starts in the first two weeks,
1: yeah, and you know and there's probably a lot of things to pick apart on the offense, and probably one of them is certainly the the play calling and distribution of the first half because it was just there was just no surprise the chiefs were throwing the football in the first half, yeah. and it always i mean, once again, I mean, I, I mentioned to somebody earlier today, Andy Reid's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. And, and probably still knows more about offensive football than anybody else on the planet, but how they get so lopsided in distribution sometimes really surprises me in, you know, because in that first half, there was just absolutely no doubt. They were throwing the football and the Jags were not giving any credit whatsoever to the run game. First, second, you know, Early in the second half, to come out, start running the football, and they do it effectively. So, and come up with a big play that was really—I mean—that that rush by Pacheco really set the tone for the second half. And it didn't really matter that he wasn't terribly productive the rest of the game. That one play was enough to get them, you know, kind of jump started on that drive. So, I mean, I—I I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the Chiefs are better when they are more diverse and effectively running the football, at least a little bit is when they are better. And I don't think there was any doubt. They were a better team in the second half. because Part of it's because they were had a commitment to run the football a little bit.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, jabs don't knock out boxers, right? But they set you up to deliver that blow. And I think we saw a, a pretty good number of shots down the field, uh, in particular to Watson, who I think obviously didn't connect on all of them. But I do feel like what we saw last week is something that is going to continue to build in that – You can set up the shorts. You can work on on getting the ball to Sky Moore, getting the ball to Kadarius Toney in some of maybe the more creative ways that are closer to line of scrimmage. But when they want to go deep, they want to take shots with MVS and Watson, the bigger bodied speed guys. I feel like Watson is the guy that I would be concentrating on. It seems like Patrick has uh, growing trust in him. Is that a matchup that you like going forward or is it something that is going to vary continually from week to week?
1: yeah I do think it's gonna vary you know from week to week and you know and mostly because of just the way those receivers are used i mean Marquez has his role and and you can pretty much bet that you know he's gonna be that guy every single week i mean Marquez you know is a dependable player he's he's consistently out there at least and we're talking about from an availability standpoint. I know he's gonna have some badning drops he's also gonna have some outstanding catches that you don't expect from time to time so that's what you get from Marquez. But one of the things I mean is that he's consistently out there and that's something that this team needs because right now you're not necessarily getting that with Kadarius Tony that, you know, a lot of people thought, Hey, this might be the the number one receiver on this team. Availability is always going to be that toughest thing for him. So yeah, I mean, you know, Justin Watson is going to be the relief guy. I mean, he's the one who's going to, be playing when somebody else is hurt for the most part and honestly I mean he's probably going to be filling in a lot for Kadarius Tony and as a result you know he's going to be in some spots where he and Marquez can both be those deep guys um, not that the others can't do it but I, I think they're just they're both you know fairly well positioned into that and I mean they're both pretty good at it and they, like I said they're big bodies and speed they can do that um, question is you know do you start getting some other guys involved I mean is that something that Rasheed Rice can add to his repertoire and get him some more opportunities I mean, that's the one thing that I think this offense is going to struggle with until they decide if they want to pare down the the rotation is how do you get everybody involved? Because when you're trying to play seven guys, I, I don't know if you can get into a rhythm that way, because especially since, you know, we pretty much established that Marquez and Sky are going to be close to every down receivers. Now you've only got maybe one or two spots on the field that five guys are rotating through. And that's going to be tough to figure out how to make it all work. Rhythm's a good point that you bring up. And,
0: and I generally equate that with, with a little bit more of the run game, but in terms of the play call, no matter who it is, and like you said, spreading the ball to seven receivers is, is often difficult. Plus you're adding in the tight ends, two of them on, on any given game. So, let me ask you a couple of point blank questions just from your opinion where it is now versus where it needs to go. Is there enough screen game in this concept so far this season?
1: That's a really good question. And you know, and especially because, you know, Andy Reid is the king of the screen game. I mean, there's nobody who lines it up better than he does. And and I don't know. I mean, we saw we saw a lot of it still in training camp, so I think that it's in there. Um, I don't necessarily think that we've seen as much of it in the first two weeks as we normally probably will. Maybe it's still something that they're working on. Because remember, too, that's the other part of the screen game is that it's heavily contingent on your offensive line having everything down, and having both your new tackles in, into that as well is certainly a factor. So is that something where you know they just still don't know if they have the timing down with the with the tackles to be com- as comfortable as they usually are in the screen game? Is it because you know McKinnon is one of those guys and? You know, they they throw a lot of tight end screens and Kelsey has been dinged up. So are they just getting away from it from a personnel standpoint? Maybe. Um, But, I I mean, I I still think that that is probably something where more is still to come.
0: You led me in perfectly from a different direction to my next question. And it is about the tackles. And it feels to me like that's part of the issue. Clearly on the dropbacks, we understand about the the lineup and all, all that. But it feels like the RPO game has been reduced in this game plan the first couple of weeks right now in this offense. And it feels to me like it's due to those tackles working into shape, working in with their guards, trying to get that, that unspoken rhythm down with them. Is that something we can expect to see more? Or do you disagree that the, the RPO is fully alive like it has been?
1: I mean, that's one thing that at least I, I think that the numbers even back it up is that Andy Reid's been getting away more and more from the RPOs. And some of it I think is that, you know, it's just, a, it's, he wants to be ahead of the defenses. And I, I think that around the league, there's, you know, I think there's a lot of conjecture to the fact that defenses have caught up to the RPOs. They're not surprising anybody anymore. So, right. I mean, that to me, and, and, and that's why I, 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 think that when we saw Andy start to get away a little bit more from the RPOs was his acknowledgement that you know, it's not as effective as it once was. So now it's okay. What's the next thing that you can do to keep defenses off, offside, offline, and everything? And I think we've seen that. I mean, I think that, you know, with some of the things that they have done as far as, you know, I mean, Andy shovel passes and some of the quick hits that they do, and um, all the the motion. I mean, you know, I think they're they're still trying to find some other things. You know, and that brings up an interesting one for me because I, I I've, I've been in I wanted to ask you, Ryan, is is what Tyreek Hill's doing in Miami legal? <laughs> i'm like i see that guy you know, running at the line of scrimmage and i'm like there are question marks there right
0: like, and everybody's <laughs> going to push the bounds you know as much as there's been attention on the left tackle in Kansas, I, I would hope that there'd be somebody looking at that uh in new york as well to try take a look at that and, and justify the rule to the rule to the rule let's see what happens there because i think there's enough focus to go around the league a little bit but I want to talk about the focus on the Chicago bears and where they're going next. We're going to do that in just a second, because right now what we need to be focused on is how you can get in the action with, uh, I think the easiest way, and honestly, probably the most fun way to make your fantasy picks and and get into that action right now. And that's over at prize picks because they make things super, super simple. It's the independently owned largest daily fantasy sports uh, platform in America. It's the easiest way to make your picks. That's what it all comes down to. You know, If you make a pick, it is simple. They set a line. Do you think the player surpasses that or falls short? It's super, super easy. You know, in in certain situations last week, you probably lost out on the the Saquon Barkley, right? Because of the injury thing. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, has been performing pretty well. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the mix. For me, it's always about what's Patrick going to throw, and we kind of come down to that every single week. So you pick whether he surpasses their number or he doesn't. You can get up to 25 times your money this football season by making those two picks. And it takes less than 60 seconds. For me, that's the big plus because I don't have a lot of time. If I want to get in the action, I want to be able to do it. Move on, get to the next show, get to the next thing that I need research, talk with Matt a little bit more. It all comes in together. You can do that too. Just go over to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our code LockedOnNFL for your first deposit, and they'll match it up to 100 bucks. This super, super simple. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use our code locked on NFL. It's down here below me. And you can get that deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to dig it daily fantasy sports made easy with prize fix. We're going to get Matt's expectations on, on which prizes to pick here. Pretty certainly because this is a game that feels like it's being slept on right now. There's, there's an athletic quarterback in Chicago there's a couple of interesting pieces. There's a, a defense that is kind of hit or miss. Bottom line, how do the Chiefs stay frosty against the Chicago Bears team that that everyone wants to underestimate right
1: now? Yeah, you're 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 right about that one. I mean, I I am probably sleeping a little bit on this Bears team too because I'm I'm looking at through the first two weeks and thinking this is this team the Chiefs should handle pretty easily. I mean, they don't play very good defense um the offense is fairly pedestrian they don't do anything really explosive they make a lot of mistakes i mean this to me is a is a real opportunity as long as you don't let fields you know bust anything that and, and break out and and do anything outside the pocket get downfield use his legs i mean as long as you don't let him beat you that way i mean this is a a team that you should be able to contain um uh, you know, I think once again, I mean, this is this is probably gonna be another game that's gonna be dependent on the defense. And I'm expecting the offense to break out of its rut at some point. And when it does, you know, we won't have any more questions. But until the offense has one of those breakout games, I'm gonna have to assume that they're in this kind of feeling and out point. And you know, I asked Andy Reid this week, you know, if if he thought that it, you know, sometimes it takes time to figure out what he has offensively with the rotation. And he kind of kind of gave me a, a, a little smile and then was like, no, I know, I know what we got. It's just a matter of these guys executing and not making mistakes. So, you know, there's no concern from Andy Reid offensively about what they have. He just wants guys that aren't making, penalt- making dumb penalties and aren't committing turnovers and not dropping the football. And if they do that, I mean, we know this is the team that's going to put up 30 points every week. But until then, they need to ride this defense as far as they can. I think I, I agree with that pretty wholeheartedly. I, I see this as a possible opportunity, not
0: just to to get right and take advantage of a team that isn't as well put together as you would hope, but for me, particularly on, on the offensive tackle side, when you're facing uh, Yannick Ngakwe, is going to be their premier pass rusher right here, I, I feel like despite um, his propensity and his athleticism, he's gotten kind of this, this vagabond kind of reputation, and I don't know if he's really up to the task. So for a pair of tackles that have been – you know, mixing in, trying to adapt. Is this a get right game for for those guys in particular, or you still need to be wary uh, of what they're going to bring in the pass rush?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is a get well game. I mean, you know, and Gakwe is right now, I mean, really the only, you know, threat from a pass rushing standpoint that you got to worry about. And yeah, I mean, I he, consistency is is an issue with him. So this is a game that Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor should be able to feast. I mean, they should be able, to, you should be able to leave them on the edge and them take care of everything. You don't need to provide them any help. And, and this is a game that honestly Juwan Taylor should probably be able to play fairly straight up and not have to worry about cheating too much or getting an extra step. I mean, and Gokwe is going to be the the best that he can handle. He has he's faced tougher edge rushers in the last two weeks. So mm-hmm. to me if I'm Jawan Taylor, this is the week, you know, don't worry about your alignment, just play it straight up. Um, it's hard to tell him to, to take it easy off the ball because the way that his mind operates and the way that his football body operates is that he works off the, the cadence of the quarterback and he wants to get that, that quick start. And, hey, when the when the officials are watching you, you know, being simultaneous to the snap, can sometimes look like you're early. And, you know, I think he got flagged at least once for that on Sunday. So it's hard. And I think Andy was even, you know, really having a hard time with it too, of how do you tell a tackle to slow down? But Jawan kind of needs to do that. And this is a week that if he can get that, you know, out of his system, you know, not have a week where he doesn't have to worry too much about the responsibility, just, you know, play really ABC football from the right tackle spot and not trying to do anything exotic, I mean, that can be the maybe the good game that he needs to get in his head to move forward. Well, and I
0: hope that sets up the rest of the offense, too, because this is a linebacker corner in Chicago that last week gave up 11 receptions on 12 targets. This seems like a a step forward Travis Kelsey, who I don't think was 100% in that last ballgame, but was certainly out there giving it the effort. Uh, we know that he's been kind of salty. Okay, that's fine. This feels like an opportunity for him to, uh, as long as he's he's feeling healthy, I don't know what he's going to practice wise here, but I feel like this is a step forward for him and an, an opponent that he can take advantage of. Do you see it that way as well?
1: Yeah, it, it could very well be. And And that's the really the tough thing with Kelsey is just, you know, you're going to be fighting his instinct to play as much as he wants. And you're going to be fighting the instinct to use him because he's still your best weapon. But at the same time, he is not going to be the effective Travis Kelsey that he is until that knee is as close to 100% as it can get. I mean, reality of it is it probably won't be 100% this season. I mean, you, the only thing I think you can really hope is that maybe you get by the bye week and then, you know, he can get some more time to rest it up. And then after that, you're feeling better. Um, but right now, I mean, you're probably still looking at being something that he needs to be limited in practice, take it easy on him throughout the week. Um let him save it up for game day, um, but you know, how much was Travis Kelsey on Sunday against the Jaguars? I mean, he gave a hundred percent effort, so nobody's questioning that, but was he seventy percent of his usual self? Maybe. Maybe I mean, I mean, you know I mean because that's that's a nasty injury he's dealing with. That's a painful one to come through so uh, that's the that's the only thing I mean this is an opportunity that if the Chiefs wanted to go light on Kelsey this week, they can, and I wouldn't blame him for doing it.
0: Yeah, I would like to see them reduce that snap count, get them a few passes, move the chains when they have to. Hopefully the rest of the offense can pick up the slack. I know it's early in the week for you, but do you have a feeling of the way this game can go?
1: Yeah, I I promised myself I wasn't going to take the Chiefs by double digits until they, they actually proved to me that they could win a game by double digits. But then, you know, you look at the schedule and you look at what the Bears are doing and it's like... I mean, if they do not win this game comfortably, I'm going to have some concerns on one side of the ball or the other. Um, it's either because the offense is still you know, making mistakes or the defense has taken a step back. I mean, otherwise, this should be a comfortable win for the Chiefs. If it's not, we'll have some questions afterwards, but I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs 24-10. Okay. I like where your head's at. You guys are going to hear my prediction on Friday along with Chris.
0: We're going to be back tomorrow looking at the Bears. Lauren Cox is going to join us. You guys don't want to miss that because the truth is the truth is the truth and he knows it. Matt, thank you for your time. Everyone go check out ChiefsDigest.com and go sub at the YouTube channel for Chiefs Digest as well because you get that content as well. So Matt, thanks for your time. We appreciate you. Appreciate you, I Appreciate everybody out there. Have a good one, folks. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll get going towards that Chicago Bears game. I hope you had a good one. Thanks for being with us today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.